Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode. Today I'm talking to Dave Chedji, who went from professional rugby player to city trader and then co-founder of Dynamic Health, a boutique personal training studio, which he runs with his wife Natasha. Dave's also got a degree in physics and is a National Academy of Sports Medicine Level 4 personal trainer and fitness nutrition specialist. I wanted to get Dave on the show to learn more about that transition from sportsman to trader and what his experiences of 24 years in the city was like, and then what promoted yet another significant shift in career and his move back down to the south coast. We also hear about how Dave managed to maintain his personal values when they were put under pressure, what it's like to co-own a business with your spouse, adopt into the changing face of the fitness sector, and the saga of his troublesome hamstrings. Please enjoy the episode. Hi Dave, welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Thank you Warren, very pleased to be here. It's great to have you on the podcast, there's so much to talk about in terms of you've had a very varied career from starting out in professional rugby to 24 years in the city and now uh, with your wife, your own health business and PT business, Dynamic Health. So lots for us to talk about, so that's an interesting journey I'm sure in itself, but perhaps you should start with those 24 years in the city and, and what that taught you about yourself and who you are and those experiences from a, I suppose, positive and a negative perspective. There's certainly plenty of those. Um, yeah, I, I had, from, from the very start, I had no real connection with the city, which is quite unusual because a lot of people tend to have either parents working there or have went in, been to the right school uh, to the natural evolution is to then go into city type work. Uh, Do you think it's still the same these days? Do you think? Uh, less and less so. So certainly towards the end, well, certainly the last 10 years, whereas before you would have probably found your sort of market trader, secondhand car salesman type, Dell boy, as you would picture in the city. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely since probably for the last 15, 20 years, it's become much more maths orientated. Um, right. I think where the underlying financial instruments are becoming more and more complex in order to be perceived or to actually understand the ri- yeah. underlying risks, you have to, in theory, know a lot of the maths behind it. So therefore, it's moved away from your secondhand car salesman yeah. to a, like the, the average graduate now is probably a undergraduate at Oxford in maths. They'll do a economics and maths at Harvard, PhD, and yeah. then come into the city. So it's definitely coming much more um, from a cerebral perspective. Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? So did, was it, 
obviously we'll come on to the you know before that you're a professional rugby player and I do want to have a chat about that and the lessons you learned from that but at, was it always a career to go into the city that you saw at some point when your professional sort of sports career ended? Well, to be honest, I'll talk about the rugby side. That, that was uh, way, way shorter and briefer than I ever wanted it to be. But um, no, I, I, as I said, no real connections. All I ever had was an underlying desire not to do a nine to five job and mm. work, work as an employee for someone for 40 odd years being whether you're good, bad, indifferent at your job, getting paid the same amount. I wanted something uh, that would give me the opportunity where there was no real ceiling. If I was very good, I'd get paid very well. If I wasn't particularly good, then, you know, obviously the, the, the other happens. But, um, and I didn't really, you know, I, I was born and raised in this area, went okay. to Broadstone Middle School, Corfield School, just uh, standard state education. So, didn't really get introduced to the city at all without it wasn't even given as a career but i i I think i i think first or second year of university read a book called liar's poker uh which is a classic um city book yeah Um, read the book many 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 years read the book and bizarrely my uh pretty much my second job was at a company called salomon brothers which was what the book was all based around and I was, you know, within within a couple of years of reading this book at university, I was working on a trading floor with the same with the characters that I was reading about in the book. So, so the reason I went into the city is, as I said, I I, I wanted to avoid just the long. I didn't want a long. It scared me a big long career yeah. in front of me, where you know I didn't I I didn't want to work that hard for that long period of time. <laughs> the, the the idea of a, a job where I could go in and earn a lot of money. Work really intensely. Worked hard work didn't scare me, but hard work over forty or fifty years, I just couldn't get my head round. So I wanted something where I could go in and hopefully work hard and get rewarded quickly for it. But which is great. But twenty-four years in the city is quite unusual in itself as well, isn't it? These days, there's that kind of burnout piece. Maybe this. It is. It's certainly like you know, and it definitely stress towards the end was definitely. I I could feel it on my body. It was it was taking its toll. Um, as you can see, these grey hairs, they... they, they <laughs> At least they, you have hair. They, well, I, I wasn't going to comment, but uh, uh, seven or eight years ago, I didn't have these. But um, yeah, I think uh, it, it, it catches it's an accumulation of stress and pressure. You can take it in your 20s and 30s. Yeah. Then as soon as you get to that point when you have kids, you're not sleeping as well. You're still expected to go out till three in the morning, be at your desk at 630 it, there's a reason it's a young man's game, and yeah. um, I, you know, I, for, for me also, it also just tied in with when a lot of the fun was leaving the job. Um, a lot, a lot of, a, a lot of the job roles were being de-risks. You weren't able to take on the same degrees of risk and positions that you used to be able to, and just the general fun of the job. Yeah. Like like a lot of things in the last few years, it's been eked out of it. So is that professionalism or regulation coming in or just the modern way of the world? Uh, I, th- I think it, it was, it was a, certainly a knee-jerk reaction um, to sort of say 2008, 2009. Yeah. From then on, um, it definitely, the, the whole job became a lot harder, a lot more regulated. And like everything, I think a lot of businesses have found it. I don't think it's... It's quite as bad now, but certainly the sort of five or six years after that become highly regulated, and and you you there was and all for a good reason to be honest. You know that there, there was a lot of things going on in the city back then, mm. which which were wrong, and it needed to be regulated to a certain extent. But you had 
the combination of that and then Brexit coming in and all of that type of thing. And unfortunately, it all went the same way. So yeah, um, you've got your hands tied in knots, lots of regulations and all the fun leaving. So uh, that, that, that was pretty much spelt the end for me. Spelt the end. Yeah. And it's, you know, you, you, you're recounting those years with a smile on your face, Dave. So you're obviously a great period of your life. You've talked about some of the stress being one of the negatives. Any other negatives that you found in that environment? Not, not especially. Uh, not, nothing that really stands... As you say, stress, stress is a funny old thing and um, everybody gets it to a certain extent in their job and it's how you deal with it. But um, I think it's, it's when it's for a prolonged year after year mm. after year, it becomes quite hard and... and um, I have to say, most if I look, as I, I'm speaking about it with a smile on my face because I, I it, pretty much all positives I can think of the city is uh, got a lot of amazing things out of it. Got opportunities that I never would have had. Got paid probably way like most people in the city, probably way more than you probably should have. And I, I certainly wasn't, you know, that I, I I was earned a good amount of money, but uh, nothing like some of the some of the people in it who you know it's yeah. um, that there is no real. There's no ceiling on, on how well you can do. And what, 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 I, what I do love about the city, and it's what I also like about, it makes me think of like, it's like the American dream in terms of you can go in there. And, and as I said, I, I, I came from a fairly normal background, state school education, had a, went to Loughborough University, got a degree there in physics, um, but nothing particularly standout-ish on that front. Um, but the city does give you the opportunities. If, if you're if you're good at what you do, you can you can literally go on and, and do as well as you want. Um, yeah. So it does it does open up opportunities that a lot of jobs do, just don't. Yeah, there don't, is don't that glass ceiling, or there is exactly. somebody to be promoted that needs to be promoted, that needs to be promoted. That needs exactly, to be promoted you've got to wait, wait before for, you get your opportunity. Well, that, that, and, and that's what you know because I, I did a lot of jobs, particularly in this area. I was working at Paul Hospital as a porter and all, all that type yeah. of thing. And 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 I think a lot of that stuff, what it did is inspire me to to not want to end up in a job where I was waiting for someone to leave or die or yeah. you know before it, it would come down to how well how good I was performing rather than relying on somebody else either not performing or leaving um, and that, that unfortunately there are a lot of jobs out there yeah. where that is the case just get caught in the trap and that wasn't what you wanted so exactly we probably should just rewind then to immediately after university you did have a uh, professional rugby a career for a period of time yes yes as i said not as long as i'd, I'd like to I, I i i would describe it more as dabbling in the world of professional sports so um uh unfortunately uh, i i had i had a lot going for me uh on the rugby side apart from the main thing i didn't was durability so uh okay. lots of d- dodgy hamstrings I, my, I i was a winger or fullback and yeah. um what i had going for me was speed but unfortunately what goes with speed tends to be tight muscles yeah. and uh uh, so, so, um, yeah, I, I was there also at an interesting transition for rugby. So when I came out of university, it was 1994 and rugby became professional in 1995. So yeah. I just started down at Harlequins, uh, rugby club then. And it was just going through that transition of like the old guard. You had like the likes of Will Carling, Peter Winterbottom, we're all, Jason Leonard, we're all there and just go trying to understand what professional sport was yeah. so it was it was an interesting time and as, as I said unfortunately I I didn't get as many first team games as I would have liked to 
mainly because I could I could never string at that time enough games in a row to be able to. Be, <laughs> I'd, 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 it was literally a case of play one or two, pull a hamstring, play one or two. There, there was a there was a guy. Um, so my my one of my uh, wife's girlfriends went out the guy um, called Darren Anderton, football yeah, player. Yeah. He used to play football for, for England and he played at Bournemouth. Yeah, he ended his career at Bournemouth. Yeah, he did, and uh, he had the nickname Sick Note. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I had a few nights out with him, and I, I very much sympathised him. Although I didn't play at the, I, I didn't play, ever play rugby for England. Uh, very much sympathised. There's nothing more frustrating than a sportsman who. You want to show off what you can do, and if if you're getting injured all the time, it is the most frustrating. Yeah, you're just in that cycle, aren't you? Exactly. Gain your fitness, lose your fitness. Gain your fitness, lose so, your fitness. So, so with rugby, I've certainly got a general feeling of it feels like unfinished business. But unfortunately, at the age I am now, it's probably going to remain unfinished. I think it's done. Yeah, I think I think I think that that horse has bolted, unfortunately. But no, I loved it. Got to meet, you know, play with some great players and against some great players. Loved every moment of it. Learned a lot from it, which I probably, you know, some of that was almost on the negative side that I've taken forward into my career in the city and and leaving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, for me, rugby's the best sport in the world. It's um, you know just what what you learn from it in terms of life skills, mm-hmm. working in a team, all that type of thing. Which is you know when I last left the city. They were particularly going after um, uh, Loughborough University because it's got a real sort of play hard, work hard, sporting background. Um, And particularly sports people in general, just because of that sort of work hard, play hard ethic, which is... You know very much what the city's all about. Spirit as well. Exactly, it's that it's that finding a way to win when it's not always obvious. And I think that's that's when you play sport at a high level. uh, I was having a conversation with a guy the other day um, about this, in that I was playing tennis. I haven't played tennis for years, and I reasonable tennis. I used to be a reasonable tennis player, but don't don't play a whole lot. But what I'm quite good at in most sports or things like that is finding a way to win and, and, and you see it with the, the very top players you know I was watching yeah. Wimbledon the other day and uh, you see someone like uh, Nadal everything's against him but he's always got that positivity yeah. that he's going to push through and you feel it's like that, he's going to win that it's, it's that and it, it's, it is it's, it's an edge which I think whether it's business sport or anything most people who are reasonably successful yeah they they get that edge. They'll yeah. they'll they'll and a lot of it. A lot of time, it's just plain belligerence. It's but just refusing to lose and just keep going and going that and going. Determination and that sense of belief and yeah. yeah. And like you say, finding finding the way and it is that difference, isn't it? You know, you look. You know, in business, people that you know run anything from a small business um, to very large businesses, and you know, when you look at the, those that succeed against their competitors of a similar size in a similar industry, it'll be those that are prepared just to go that extra two three percent yeah that makes a world of difference yeah it? and and just just keep going sometimes yeah. even when it it's sometimes i think you're probably that the good guys are the, the probably the last person in the room to still remain positive and still think they can still get through it when everybody else is saying no and again without sport or business it's just been a, been able to keep going relentlessly yeah. until you met sometimes you you shouldn't make it work but you make it work definitely definitely but the challenge there isn't there and it'd be interesting to know your perspective of this on from a, from the sports experience you had and the city and maybe you know now is that you've still got to be human haven't you you've still got to do that in a the right way with the right conduct morals 
being true to yourself. It, and, exactly. And it goes wrong when somebody tries to push that extra edge and is relentless and is so determined, but bends the rules. Exactly. It's it's your own personal values and, and moral compass. And, um, I, you know, I saw this all the time, in the, particularly in the city. Yeah, I can imagine. Is, is that there's... And, and it probably... You know that the the vast majority are do go into it are the type that 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 will be the win at all costs, and yeah. I have to say, and, and to a certain extent, so it's in my my career never I never really went up a career ladder, um, partly because I didn't really want to, because in in city type roles, once you move away from the actual trading or. Uh, or, or, uh, the last 17 years I was broking once you move away from the income generating yeah. and more into management you actually quite often end up earning less and it's a very different you know, yeah. as you know it's a very different role making money and it is managing people and I, 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 was, I enjoyed the making money didn't enjoy the managing people so I sort of was quite happy staying as I was yeah. in order to avoid that really. <laughs> and that piece around the moral compass and, and, you know, just I've met you for the first time today, Dave. Clearly, you know, we've already before, you know, starting the recording, the first thing you said was you've been to your children's sports day. You've clearly got a strong set of personal values. Um, how do you, in, a, in those challenging environments, you know, in the city, when you've got those values and you've got that moral compass, really stick to the kind of right path? It, it, it is a tough one. Um, uh, and, and certainly, there, there's definitely uh, grey areas where, like, like everything in life, it's yeah, not always black not, and white. Black and white doesn't really exist. No, um, uh, and definitely it does get tested. And, you know, I can think of a number of times when I probably could have earned a, uh, earned a bit more or um, progressed my career by stabbing somebody in the back or, yeah. or you know, saying something. And it's, for, for me, it... it, it I guess it comes down to a lot of it, just your upbringing. But for me, it was just never worth it. Yeah. Uh, money's money at the end of the day. And um, I, 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 I worked for 17 years for the same firm within the same team of three or four. Um, and uh, you know, we, we, we all stayed together for that period. And the reason we stayed together is I think we, we had very different personalities, yeah. very different perspectives, but we'd look after each other. And I think... Um, I think you know, a lot certainly from my side, a lot of that comes from just that whole team ethic. Is that if you're in a team, yeah. you you look after each other, um, and yeah, no, we definitely tested a few, um, pushed a few boundaries uh, to a, uh, to a certain extent on some things, but it was always I I would never step over the line just to earn a bit more or win win something it, yeah. it was that was always always within parameters and i suppose it also that's interesting talking about teamwork there but it's about yeah i suppose being accountable to a team and also probably knowing who you are yeah and having a true understanding yeah exactly and i i think i i think one of the things that grew we we uh, uh, this would be an interesting one to you think because I've, I've never heard of any any other company of doing it like this but the reason we were quite a close-knit, strong team was that bonuses were decided by, you get a quarterly bonus every quarter. So there'd be me and three or four other guys would go into the room, everybody on a level playing field, and you would put down what they should earn and they would put down what you should earn. So you'd split 100% four ways. Yeah. And then you'd go in there and argue your case to hold you know, your money, their money, and no one would leave that room until it had been decided. And, and you know, this was 
fair chunks of money. Um, and I've, I've never come across that. And that system was in place for 17 years. Wow. And you can imagine it's when it's an it, interesting dynamic. It, it is. And, and I have to say what I liked about it was the pure transparency of it. Because of that, there was no backstabbing. There was no snidey remarks. No. Everybody knew exactly where they stood, what everybody, yeah. other people th- thought about them. Um, obviously, extremely ag- aggressive environment. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure it'd work in every company, but <laughs> no, in that sure particular environment, I, I thought it was a really good way of doing it rather than how it quite often works, as you know, is one person allocates it and then yeah. you're either happy or you're not. If you're not, you leave the leave job. Yeah. So it, very different. I've never come across it anywhere else. I suppose but, it does um, make that collaborative work and it does make you be honest with each other as a team, doesn't it, about how you've performed over the quarter? Because we know we all ebb and flow in life, don't we, in performance? And it does. If you haven't carried your weight one quarter, well... Well, it does. And, and people will literally tell you tell you to your face you haven't carried it. Now, there was no hiding places. But what, what it, you know, I think it, it probably only really works in that type of job because yeah. everybody's got, uh, you know, a skin like a rhinoceros. Yeah. And... Everybody can can take hard comments um, and don't take it too personally. I think that, that yeah. that's the key. Although some sometimes, obviously, it can get fairly personal. Yeah, but. I can imagine. But I suppose there is some lessons in there for your average kind of everyday business, which is about you know trying to be honest and being open with communication and and not allowing politics to come into play. That that's the key. I think. I think um, you know whether you see it with whether it's business, families, whatever. I think once you start. Sweeping things under the carpet, avoiding, you know, if there's an elephant in the room, avoiding yeah. it and uh, just lack of transparency in anything, I think is normally, all, all you're doing is making trouble for yourself further Absolutely. down the road. Absolutely. But there obviously came a point in that kind of, towards the end of those 25 years, you've talked about the stress, you've talked about the grey hairs. Um, <laughs> but what was the final thing that made you decide, actually, right, leaving the city, going to come back to sort of Paul Bournemouth, Dorset, yeah, I'm set up home here. Well, I always had a long-term plan. So, as I said, um, my my when I went into the city, I certainly wasn't a typical city type person. I'm not anybody who knows me will know I'm not in any way materialistic, which is very unusual for the city. <laughs> um, I always had a very long, key long-term plan that I was wanted, wanted to go in there, work as hard as I could, earn as much as I could, not spend just spend it, put it away. And then get out, like the plan was always to get out at the age of 40. Uh, because I come from this area, I knew what a lovely area it was and wanted to end up back here. Yeah. Um, so didn't quite make 40. But um, yeah, I, I, I think I think if you, a uh, bit of advice, if anybody does go to the city or whatever you, you do, I think I think it's good to have a lot, a plan of where you're actually looking yeah. to go. Because so many of the people I know in the city get caught up in, you know, they start earning big money. They start spending big money. They they buy the big mortgaged house. They have kids going to the the nicest or poshest schools, more most expensive schools. And all of a sudden, you get locked in. And although you're earning all this yeah. money, trapped. Aren't you're, you? you're you're as trapped. So you know, you're, you're as trapped, trapped as somebody, somebody on average earnings. Aren't exactly. You? you know, I I know people who are still up there who probably need three or four hundred thousand pounds a year just to break even. And you know they're more trapped than somebody earning thirty thousand yeah. pounds a year, but only spending twenty. So yeah. it's um, it's I think the key is fine. You know I'm not saying material. You know if if you're into that sort of thing and you like the latest cars and latest gadgets, fine if that's what motivates you. But be very careful because that that locks you into a yeah. onto a conveyor belt that it's it's not easy to get off. And 
It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. I would just relate a little bit to my own personal story there. So when I had the opportunity to become a partner in a national firm at age 30 or set up Inspire, my own business, the reason, one of the reasons I did it was I thought, right, I can do it now. I can walk away from my earnings, you know. Yeah. As, But if I become a partner in this national firm, start earning that level, then I'll never, will I ever have the courage of the guts to walk away? Therefore, right, the time now isn't to take that kind of partnership. It is to go and do my own thing and see what I can create for myself. Exactly. Right. Well, you, you end up putting yourself in a financial straitjacket. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I still think the ballsiest thing I've ever done is to walk away. And, um, it, it, you know, it was certainly not for me this, as I said, it was years in the planning. And then when I, from, from literally from about the age of 40, it was what I wanted to do, but it probably took me, you know, it took me four or five years to actually get the testicular fortitude to actually <laughs> yeah. pull the trigger and to do, do it. the execution um, of it. Yeah, you know, the, the, part of the problem was that I, none of my peers, I didn't really see anybody else do it. Everybody gets caught up in it. And, uh, it's, you know, uh, walking away from a big salary to essentially yeah. nothing is, is difficult to bring yourself to do. And I, I hadn't seen anybody else do it. I suppose it, so. you all, it'd always be one more year. One more year. Well, exactly. And that's what then One more grey hair. One more grey hair. But uh, unfortunately, no, and I, I, I'm, you, you see it all the time, is that that extra one year, I, I think, um, you know, you, you get to a certain point in your life and those extra years, they're taking probably a, a 10 year section out of your, your the longevity of your own life. So yeah. it's, um, it's not, it's not just a linear relationship at that point, you know, one year does not equal another year. It's, uh, and it, no regrets now leaving the city. That was four, four years ago, four, five years yeah, ago. Yeah. No, no. Well, funny, funny old time to do it. Obviously I, I think I did it about 14 months pre COVID. Okay. Um, certainly in terms of, uh, <laughs> a time to go and start up a business, particularly a fitness business, uh, probably, not the ideal time, but like as we said earlier, you you when you're forced into a corner, you make things happen. If yeah. you're and um, no, I, I've I, no in terms of regrets. Yeah, I'm, I'm I miss the money. I, I'm not quite earning <laughs> earning the same as I was and now as a personal trainer. But um, and I miss a bit of the banter. But other than that, I think I did it so hard for so long that I, I was happy to walk away when I did. And, and you had, had that objective in mind. You, exactly. You started I, with the end in mind, didn't you? Exactly. So. I think that helps when, you, when you're working towards something and you finally get there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, the, the tough bits knowing when the right time is. Yeah. And I, I think almost fortuitously to me, so, so up in London, just generally, 2012, particularly the Olympics, felt like the golden years. That felt oh, like you were, you were in the best place on the Sweet planet spot. at that point. And then ever since then, it just felt a gradual, if it's, if it'd gone over the top of the precipice, going down the other side, Brexit came along and then obviously you've had everything else since. Yeah. And uh, no, it, it felt yeah. like, so I, I left in June, 2017, um, took, took the literally handed in my notice. I'd, I'd so, just sold my house quietly, obviously not letting the people know at work. Yeah. I'd, uh, and then handed him a notice and um, took, took the kids out of school. We went on a six-month round-the-world trip, which, in light of how things have now transpired, yeah. don't know when, when or if you could do that yeah. again, you know, to wow. a certain extent. Um, at the most amazing time of my life. And, um, yeah, and then, then we had about 14 months to set up a business, which was lucky because I think if we'd left it another year, 
we wouldn't have had a business to run over COVID. But um, yeah. when COVID came along, fortunately, where we've been running for about 14 months, yeah. we had a business, a, you know, a small business, but a growing business at the time. Yeah. And um, we're at, obviously at that point, it was a case of having a, everything went on online and we had enough clients then who stuck with us and came with us. Okay. If we hadn't have got it to that stage... I, I think it'd have been a, a few years of almost doing nothing, and then I, I'm not sure I'd have been trying to yeah. trying to start. You know, it'd have been a very different position. So got lucky on that front that we we had enough time to set up initially. Yeah. If you make plans, then luck comes your way sometimes, doesn't it? But do tell us a bit about Dynamic Health. So what you know, it is a business with Natasha, your wife. I understand it. Yeah, yeah, my uh, yeah. Uh, me and Tash have been together. For, actually, I'm not. I don't know if I should even go there. I'm going to try get myself wrong my calculation. I think 2005 we got married. Um, yeah, so she she's a very sporty girl. I met her at university. Okay. Um, she yeah play, she played I think 50 or 60 games for uh, for England volleyball. Um, got into Pilates. Literally, I think she's been involved in Pilates for the last 25 years. Um, still involved with uh, volleyball, so she she runs Pilates in a sports injury clinic. Um, okay. So we, I I do the PT and circuit side of things. Yeah. I break them and then she fixes them. <laughs> Is the, that uh, it? And the, how are your hamstrings holding up? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> funny you should say that. Strange enough, I'm they're way better now than they were in my twenties. And yeah. um, for years, my, my wife used to say, "You need to get into Pilates." And I'm the typical bloke, you know, yeah. give me some weights, tell me to do some sprints, I know where yeah. I am. And I never really did any stretching. And I, I look back and do wonder what might have been if I'd actually listened to her back then. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I only do it once a week, but it's made an unbelievable difference to me. Um, you know, my, my last few years in the city, I was, I was getting lower back problems, really yeah. struggling to stand. I, it's one of those, you almost wish you'd done a before and after video. Yeah. In that I, I feel right. now like I've got my body back from my twenties and thirties, and you know I'm I'm back play. I play touch rugby with Wimborne Rugby Club once a week. The fat dads on a Wednesday. Yeah. If anybody wants to join <laughs> us down the beach during the summer, um, and uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm running around. I'm touch wood. I haven't had an injury for the last three or four years. Whereas, you know, back in my late twenties, early thirties, yeah. I knew if I sprinted three or four times, I'd pull my hammy once. You know, yeah. it, it's um, just the way it is. It is yeah, or was, yeah, yeah. So, and how's your health changed then? Were you in that time in the city? Were you always into your health and fitness? I I was, but within the context that it is a work hard, play hard environment. Yeah. So you're, um, you know, fortunately for me. I, I I enjoy a night out, and but I've only ever really got I've only got into alcohol. So um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of other obviously extracurricular mm -hmm. stuff that goes on, and I I've never never had any interest in that. Um, so I've I've kept myself fit and healthy throughout that time. I was always you know one for going to the gym, sort of at least two or three times a week. Um, but you are leading a pretty unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah. You're out entertaining, drinking too early out. Drinking, you know, early eating, hours. Is, diet's difficult to maintain. It, it is, which again, you know, you can do it in your 20s and 30s, but then you start to know, in your 40s, you do just start to notice that it, it does, like stress, it sticks to you rather than just water off a duck's back. <laughs> so you've obviously enjoyed getting your own personal health and fitness back in the last, Four years. Yeah, that that's been a, a big plus for me. Just the just the fact that you know I I went from I think my last game of rugby was aged so fourteen about fourteen years ago was the last time I played rugby because I literally couldn't go on a pitch without getting getting an injury, 
and um, because of what I've been doing now, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm training almost every day or running around with people. I'm playing touch, five-a-side football, all that type of thing. Which previously there'd have been calf strains, quads going. <laughs> it'd have been yeah. yeah I'm touch wood. I'm not, I'm not having any of that now. So it's um it's been nice getting feeling feeling like I've got my old body back again. To be honest. And how does it feel running a business with your wife? Yeah, it's a funny old one, isn't it? I I'm um. It's always an interesting dynamic. It is. It is. I think um, uh, it, it, work, it really works really well with us, part, partly because, you know, it's a relatively small studio. We, we can get sort of 12, 10 to 12 people in. Um, but because we, we work alongside each other, each other rather than together. So there's a couple of classes where we, we run together, but most of it, either she's in the studio doing her thing or I'm doing doing mine. So, so it, it works. But um, I think particularly... One thing I'll say, work, working with your wife, you've just got to realise that you're really there on a consultancy basis and uh, she's CEO. That's the hint, isn't it? I would imagine that's probably pretty much the same for anybody. Uh, yeah, perfect. Whatever size business. Right. And it sounds like you've got complementary skills which work for your client base. It does, yes. No, it's, it's, it seems to work. And, and I think um, you know that's part of our why why we've probably done quite well i think there's there's a few things on why we've done quite well over the last few years which have been tough years is that part of the reason we set it up was um in london a lot of the gyms were going from rather than being the big corporate gyms to much sort of smaller personal um bespoke type mm-hmm. fitness um companies uh, and that's the way it was going i could see that was the way it was going so that that's what we wanted we wanted to try and make a what essentially what feels like a private um, membership club, yeah. but without any fees. You're just paying paying for your use rather than people are getting fed up with just paying their big yeah. direct debit, barely using the gym, um, and 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 that was where it was going. And I I think particularly the fact it's it's husband and wife, um, it gives a bit of personality to the nice, business. Yeah, it must have that personality. That well, it, it, family it, kind of caring kind of th- feel. That, to that's it. certainly what we've tried to get across. And I, hopefully, you'd have, you'd have to ask the members rather than me. But um, I think most people would probably agree that we, we, we have quite a few sort of social functions and that okay. type of thing: summer drinks, Christmas uh, lunches, that type of stuff. Um, and it has got that hopefully that family and, feel. And do you think that's the way the fitness industry is going into this kind of more boutique, more kind of refined kind of targeted approach with pay-as-you-go as in the model i i think it is because i think um it, it's, it's okay for, for the for the few people out there who um are very self-disciplined and happy just doing their own thing yeah you know that that it works great for that but i, I would say they're the minority and and it doesn't matter even if you know what you're doing it's so easy with with fitness and sport to just plateau yeah. you 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 know what you're comfortable with if you're a runner, you do your running. If you're a cyclist, do your cycling. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not often you, you're, you're able to... Even, even if you know what you're doing, say, with weights, people go in and they're, they're comfortable doing their bench press. Then they'll go and do a few squats. And you, you see most people and you could almost map out yeah. what they're going to do Same. each session. And you know what you you're should be paying for is for a personal trainer is obviously motivation. Um, you want them to keep it interesting and fun and to mix it up a bit because... Uh, in my experience, if, if you don't keep those three elements involved, that's when you get bored and pe- people people just they'll they'll go they'll be very intense. They'll go four or five times a week for six weeks and yeah. then they'll drop off. And it's all about creating good, hopefully good routines. But it's 
almost easy to get into a bad routine. Yeah. And, that, and so that is the big difference that a PT would bring is that kind of mixing it up. I yeah it yeah no I think so because you know I, I I know from from my perspective I I'm as guilty as anybody even though I know what oh, I should know what I'm doing if I go to the gym regularly but without without constantly reminding yourself you yeah. just fall into a pattern of, of doing what you 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 know comfortable with and um it's you you need you almost need a third party just to just to mix it up for you yeah. I, otherwise progress just isn't made if if you're happy where you are and you're happy just staying the same fitness level that is fine but um if you want to improve or get better or lose weight you need to, need to mix it up a bit okay and ask you for the top 3 tips you know somebody listening to this that is thinking right okay you might in my twenties, thirties, I was healthy. I used to think about my nutrition diet. I used to do a bit of exercise, I could keep the weight off. But maybe now, approaching their forties or in their forties or even you know in the fifties plus, and they're thinking about right. I actually need to take the first steps towards getting being healthier, living a healthier lifestyle. Yeah. What are your three top tips that you would say to them to get them underway? Well, it's the first one is just go through the front door. Like, and yeah. most people balk. At that one um, is is that uh, you know a lot of people find gyms and things intimidating. Yeah. It's just actually making the effort to turn up, and uh, half you know half the time it is just showing up. It's, it's getting yourself yeah. out of that bad routine into a good routine, um, and uh, once you've done that, that that's the hard bit. Um, it's 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 just for for, for mo- most people are creatures of habit, and and if you can create that good routine. Get something booked in the diary and, and not almost not give yourself a choice. If you know that's what you're going to do at that time, um, that then becomes habit forming and, and, and you, you, you're, you're not giving yourself any difficult questions. When you give yourself a question, shall I do it or shan't I do it? It's, there's, there's all too many things that can come up in life yeah. to make, make it a good reason not to do it. You just need to be able to just go, right, I'm doing it commit. And, and commit. Um, yeah, and, and certainly... I think what what I've I I was having various knee issues and just the usual getting older yeah. problems that that we all we do. All, we all find. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether it's hips, knees, just yeah. all all of the good stuff. I think um, ideally everybody needs to be doing some sort of strength work. Okay. Uh, so if if you can get in, so, so, uh, so I was told at age forty that I needed a um, full knee. If, if I was carrying on as I was within five years, I'd need a full knee replacement. Um, and uh, you sort of you see the various specialists. Obviously, surgeons like to do surgery, um, but I, I just I went down a route where I was just gonna I just did a lot of strengthening work around the knee and yeah. sort of building up the muscles around it. And I think that goes that there's a lot of people out there who 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 could make big improvements or avoid going through the surgical um, direction by by doing some sort of yeah. strength work and then and building up the muscles around and i've read a blog that you wrote that was quite um was quite focused and determined that so effectively said that as you go through your 40s and 50, into your 50s plus that actually we all probably resort to cv but you need to be doing the strength the weights you do you do P- particularly uh my my wife wrote an article about um osteoporosis which um i think it's a third of women all women go th- um end wow. up with osteoporosis which is obviously it's it's building up your bone density yeah. strength of bones and um you know guys do as well but it's particularly an onus for for women and and just walking and things it's better than nothing but it's not enough 
um, and and the way to do that, and it doesn't have to be heavy weights, yeah. but just you know a lot of it can be body weight type exercises. Okay. But we, we all need to be doing it, and um, you know it's it's one of those things that if you don't in your forties and fifties make an effort, it really is a use it or lose it time. It's it's, it's tough to pull it back once it goes. That's the problem. So tip one is show up. Tip two is do some strength work. We got a third tip. Third tip. Drink more water. Okay. So, so many people I hear, you know, they, they come in and it's, it's obviously in an ideal world, you're not eating processed food, you're eating a healthy diet. But a lot of the time, people just, what they're mistaking is hunger pangs and it's, um, it's actually dehydration. So if you can, you don't have to do anything clever, just, just buy yourself a two litre bottle of water, have it nearby, steady sips, and what you'll find is by doing that, you won't be reaching, reaching for the biscuits. You won't okay. be reaching for the Kit Kats. It's, uh, it, it, water's a lot better for you than, uh, than all the, uh, the, the rest of the rubbish most people keep, end up putting in themselves. Three great tips there. Brilliant. And it, you know, in terms of dynamic health, is there any particular reflections on clients that you've helped in a sort of profound and memorable way? Um, so I, I would say, I, not, not in terms of like, I haven't got any huge, massive difference before and after photos. Um, I, I, I think I think the the main clients that we seem because because of the area we live in, a lot of people are generally fairly fit and healthy, yeah. or come or if they aren't now, they've come from that type of background. And a lot of our clients turn up after of having you know that they, they used to do a lot, but have got themselves into a bad routine, yeah. particularly with COVID. It, it was yeah. very easy to, it, it, you had the minority who got ultra fit. They yeah. had nothing else to do, so they, that was all they concentrated on. And the, the, the majority ended up doing a lot less. Um, and, um, you know, some of, those, some of those guys, it's just, it's just, again, it's about getting yourself into a regular good pattern. Um, and it's so easy to fall out of a, into a bad routine. And it, you, I think sometimes you just need that impetus to, whether it's to get a PT or start something new yeah. just to get yourself going Go to a going regular again. class exactly. or whatever it may be. Yeah. So just a few quick fire kind of questions to sort of end up our conversation, Dave. Yeah. So what hard thing, you know, when you talk to PTs, they always challenge you. So I'm going to challenge you with, you know, what hard thing are you not doing enough of right now? What thing are you prevaricating over? Uh, as always, you know, I'm I'm trying to sound whiter than white by saying I do my Pilates, but I do one one hour session a week. Um, as like most guys in particular are bad at this stretching. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I I've found since since um, coming down here in the last few years, I always thought that I was just inflexible, and and a lot of, I get a lot of people come in and say, oh, I I can't touch my toes. And I've never actually had a concentrated period of time before where, where I've worked on that. And out of everything, out of strength, speed, endurance, I would say stretching is probably the thing. You, your flexibility is the thing you can make the actual the biggest inroad in. Okay. So you would not... I, I was one of those guys who, if, if, if you told me to touch my toes probably five, six years ago, my hands would have gone just below my knees. And it's amazing if you actually work on something, yeah. what a difference that makes. And, and I think, you know, obviously the knock-on consequence of that is 
Now, when you're in your 40s and 50s, if you're not doing that, that's when you're getting up the niggly little calf strains and various things. Yeah. If you do make a concentrated effort on that, it means you can just do the things you want to do. Um, a lot of the people we, we get into the gym, part of the reason they do is that they, they don't want to become you know, a, an athlete. They, they don't want to become overly fit and healthy. They just want to be able to, they want to be able to go off and kiteboard, yeah. windsurf, all of those stuff. Um, all of those type of things but they're getting back problems um, not strong enough cores yeah. so stretching and core I'm as guilty as anybody but the difference is I've made a concentrated effort to try and turn that and around just be doing a bit more of that exactly okay that's a great response and in terms of you know resilience you know you've clearly been resilient in terms of your career you know your ambitions and your drive you know how do you personally build resilience I th I I've always equated resilience. I I don't. I think obviously some people like everything. Some people naturally uh, are more resilient than others. But I think for the vast majority, um, it comes down to experiences. And I think the more you put yourself through, particularly if you, I I'm always one that will go towards an uncomfortable situation. If I if I feel if something scares me, or risky. And, you know, to, to almost to my detriment to a certain extent, but I'll go towards it. And I think the more times you put yourself in those sort of, and it doesn't have to be particularly risky. It just has to be an environment where, where you're a bit uncomfortable with it. The more you put yourself in that situation and come through it, the more you build up, you know, your ability to adapt in those situations yeah. and, and to have the confidence that you're going to come, come through them. The, the, the problem is a lot of people shy away from those situations and never get never get over the threshold of getting the confidence to know that they can deal with they those situations the confidence but i'd actually yeah. resonate with that i agree with that so final question uh it's the evolve to succeed podcast you know it's been great having you on as a guest just to hear how your life and your story has evolved into in terms of three sections of your career and life but what does success now mean for you well, that's a good question um let me have a little think about that one. So for me, it's, it's a different phase in life. Obviously, I'm, I'm now in the position I am. I, what we're running is a lifestyle business. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, find that I find it a little bit uncomfortable because I've been spent so many years trying to build and trying to earn accumulate more money, value. accumulate, all yeah. that sort of thing. I'm not comfortable with just, um, with just being comfortable in my position. But uh, it's taken me four years to get there, but I'm slowly now coming around to a position where I'm, if I've got spare time, I will actually go out and do something I want to do and not feel guilty. Yeah. And it's taken me four years to get there. So, so for me, um, success is about having fun, um, being happy doing what you're doing, um, and not being reliant on some, somebody else. It's, um, it's, just being able to get up in the morning and want to get up in the morning, yeah. which is a very different, probably if you'd asked me that question 10 years ago, it would have been a very different answer. Yeah. Um, but uh, for me particularly, I, I, I found that just being in charge of my own destiny yeah. makes me feel not necessarily successful, but generally happy. And then if you're happy, you tend to be fairly successful in what yeah. you're trying. Happiness is everything, isn't it? Dave, I've loved, I've really enjoyed our conversation. If people want to know more about Dynamic House, also your blog and website, The Escape Plan, which kind of gives people hints and tips from a financial and a health and fitness perspective about 
kind of that is the, the escapism and, and I suppose reflecting on your own journey there. So if people want to know more about Dynamic Health, the escape plan or to get in contact with you, where can they go? Uh, so the escape plan.co.uk. Uh, so yeah, that, that's basically investment ideas. I, I'm, I'm a great believer uh, in people. doesn't matter what you're earning. If you can put some money aside for the future, what it does is give you options. Yeah, um, so even a choice, exactly. If, if you're if you're working in a job you don't want to be in, if you give yourself a bit of an outlet, even if you don't end up moving on to another job, it means that you can um, carry on as you are and feel a lot happier with your situation. So yeah, go on to theescapeplan.co.uk for uh, various uh, uh, experiences and uh, a little bit of insider for my city days on that and dynamic health uh dynamic hyphen health.co.uk if you want to come and see us uh, come down to the studio pilates sports injury personal training circuits you know where we are Brilliant. down in lilliput we're based by the way fantastic dave thank you for being a guest on the evolve to succeed podcast thank you no very much enjoyed it Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.